the church of God would not be distracted. You know, there's so many things going on around us that can distract us from putting our eyes on him, right? And, and praying and believing for what he wants to do in this hour, right? I, I see all the signs. You see all the signs too. You see all the reasons why people are divided over this, divided over that. Like, you know, soon we're going to be divided over if there's a crack in the sidewalk, it seems, you know. But, but God says, no, put your eyes on me, the author and finish of your faith. Don't look to the left. Don't look to the right. And, and I just believe, Father, Holy Spirit, would you come in our midst today? Father, as we look to you, we, we look to you alone, God. We don't want to look to the left. We don't want to look to the right. Lord, you are good, and you are good all the time. Lord Jesus, we pray for a revival to come. Lord, we pray for it to start in our hearts, in our lives, God, that we would be your testimony, that we would be your ambassadors, as your word says, God. I thank you for, for the work of your Holy Spirit, Lord. We invite you, Holy Spirit. We say, come in, and move in our midst in power. And we give you this service in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, I am so glad that you're here. I'm so glad to be here with you. My name is Greg Vaccaro. I'm one of the pastors here. This morning, we're going to be talking about receiving the power of God. So how many of you were here last week? Were you here last week or maybe you watched online? It was just amazing. Like, I don't know how God does this, but every time we have a water baptism service, and we haven't had one in almost, I don't know, a year and a half because of COVID, God just moves. We had 15 people baptized in the tank here that we set up. It was just amazing. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You know, and and because we talked about water baptism last week, I thought it would be fitting this Sunday to talk about another baptism we see in the Bible, one that, that, frankly, it isn't often talked about. Uh, on Sunday morning. And it's called the baptism in the Holy Spirit. So I'm titling today's message, Receiving the Power of God, because that's what happens when you get baptized in the Holy Spirit. That's what we see in the Word of God, that when He comes to baptize us in His Holy Spirit, we receive power of the Holy Spirit. So, you know, it's interesting. If we start with this word baptism, Ed spoke last week that the word baptism in the Greek is baptizo. And it's the same regarding water baptism and, and baptism in the Holy Spirit. Both words, baptize, or baptizo. That means full immersion. So, you know, we can understand maybe in the, in the sense of water. Okay, I was the one in the tank, and what did I try to do? I tried to put everybody all the way under the water and, and bring them back up again because it's a full immersion experience. That's the Greek word, baptizo. So now when we say baptize in the Holy Spirit, what's the immersion? Like, what does that look like? It, it's kind of a little, well, I can't see them. I can't feel them necessarily. So how do I get baptized fully into who the Holy Spirit is? But before we get ahead of ourselves this morning, I just want to start, I guess, at the beginning. And that is, when do we receive the Spirit of God? When do we receive the Holy Spirit? And if we look at 2 Corinthians 1, it says this, It's God who enables us, along with you, to stand firm for Christ. He's commissioned us and he's identified us as his own by placing the Holy Spirit in our hearts as the first installment that guarantees everything he's promised us. You know, so let's make no mistake. We receive the Holy Spirit when we're saved, right? We, we get Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You can't separate them. It's the three that are one, amen, right? So if, if you've ever heard anything different from anyone, I'm, I'm telling you, this is what I see in the Word of God. It's not my words, it's His words. But you can't be saved without the Spirit of God moving in your life. You can't be saved without the Spirit of God coming into your heart. So last week we talked about water baptism as it's a separate event from salvation, 
And you know what I see in the word of God is it the same for baptism in the Holy Spirit. It's a separate event from salvation. We receive the Holy Spirit at salvation. That's very clear. And I want to start with that as our foundation. So, so then where did this term baptism in the Holy Spirit come from? Like you've probably heard it if you've read the Bible, but where did it first get mentioned? So I want to look at that. It's Matthew three eleven, and this is John the Baptist talking. And John the Baptist is talking about one who's going to come after him. That person is Jesus. And, and he says this, I baptize with water those who repent of their sins and turn to God. But someone is coming soon who is greater than I am, so much greater that I'm not worthy even to be his slave and carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Right? So this is, this is amazing because John is declaring, hey, he's out there to do what? To prepare the way of the Lord. He is baptizing people to repentance, but he's not Jesus. And he's recognizing, look, there's one coming after me. I don't hold a candle to this guy, right? He is, is amazing, and he's the one that's going to baptize you in the Holy Spirit. So, you know, last week in, in the water, I was the one baptizing people in, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, which is the name of Jesus, right? So I'm the one baptizing him, but no, when it, when it comes to Holy Spirit baptism, it's not a work of man. It's a work of Jesus. Jesus is the one that baptizes us in the Holy Spirit. So sometimes an example is worth a thousand words. Maybe to save myself some words, I'm going to give you two examples, and that's going to be worth 2,000 words maybe, right? So we're going to look at Acts 19 as our first example. And, and if you read the book of Acts, it's just incredible to see how God moved in that early church And, you know, Shiloh is a non-denominational church because we don't want to put a bound on how we look at the Bible. You know, some churches have their tradition and have their culture, and they read the Word of God and say, yeah, well, this is what our tradition says, so we're going to go with the tradition. As a non-denominational church, we try to look at what did the early church do? And and we want to take what the early church did, and we want to model ourselves after that because that's what I believe the church of Christ should be. So we see here in Acts 19, Paul is traveling to Ephesus And he finds several believers. And we catch up to the story here in verse 2. It's Paul asks them this question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed, he asked them? No, they replied. We haven't even heard there is a Holy Spirit. And then I'm going to jump to 3 and 4. Even though I didn't put it on the slide, I just needed uh, more room on the slide. So this is what 3 and 4 says. Then what baptism did you experience, Paul asked. And they replied, the baptism of John. We just talked about that, right? And Paul said, John's baptism called from repentance from sin. But John himself told the people to believe that there was one that would come later, meaning Jesus. And then we pick up verse 5. As soon as they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And then Paul laid his hands on them and the Holy Spirit came on them and they spoke in tongues and they prophesied. Right? So we see a couple of things in in this scripture. We see, first of all, that, that Paul's coming to them. And he's saying, okay, did you receive the Holy Spirit since you believed? Like it's, it's kind of giving us this example. It's a different experience. Just like water baptism isn't the same as salvation. So, so they had heard of salvation. They'd never been water baptized. Paul baptizes them. And then what does he do? He lays his hands on them. Not because he's the one that's going to baptize them in the Spirit. Jesus is going to. But how do we come to the Father? We come to the Father in Jesus' name and we pray, right? So that's what Paul is doing. He's praying, saying, Jesus, would you baptize them in the Holy Spirit? And as he prays for them, wow, they start to speak in tongues and they prophesy. 
So maybe some of you, like, you're, you're not sure, what is this speaking in tongues you're talking about, Greg? I've, I've not really seen that in the Word of God. Let me just simply explain it as this. 1 Thessalonians 5.23 refers to our body as a body, a soul, and a spirit. Right? I think we're all familiar with those terms. Right? And when we die, it's not our spirit that dies. Our spirit is the thing that goes to heaven. It's just our body and our soul that die. Right? So, so now when we have a, a spirit baptism and, and where we might speak in tongues, it's not my body that's speaking. It's not my soul. It's my spirit that's speaking to God. It's a private prayer language, so to speak. I don't even know what I'm saying. You might not know what you're saying. It's our spirit speaking to God. But now how would our spirit speak to God? It's got to come through our mouth, right? So, so just like we're one, a body, soul, and a spirit, the spirit of God can operate inside of us and he can speak out of our mouth, but it's, the, it's our spirit speaking to God in an unknown language. So very simply, that's what was happening here in this first example. Let's look at another example. Acts 10, 44. So in this second example, Peter is talking with the house of Cornelius. And what Peter, if you you know this in in the word of God, Cornelius felt like, hey, God wants to do something in our lives here. They were were an Italian cohort, it says, right? So so Cornelius sends for Peter, but these Italians, they're Gentiles. They're not Jews. And and Peter's not sure, should I go? And, And Peter gets this vision. No, it's okay to go and minister to the Gentiles. So as Peter's ministering to them in verse 44, we find it says, even as Peter was saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell upon all who were listening to message. The Jewish believers who came with Peter were amazed that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles too, for they heard them speaking in other tongues and praising God. Right, so, so now we see a different dynamic. You know what, maybe this is where the, the Italian jokes came from, and I can say Italian jokes because I'm Italian, right? You know, Italians sometimes always get a little backwards, right? In the last example, it was you got saved, you got water baptized, and then you were baptized in the Holy Spirit. Here, they were saved, they got baptized in the Spirit, and then later, if we continue reading, then they were water baptized. So they did a little bit backwards, but there is no order, right? I'm talking about baptism in the Spirit today because we just baptized 15 people, right? It's amazing when I look in the Word of God that that is a flow. You get saved, you get water baptized, you get baptized in the Spirit, Some of you, you may already be saved. You may be water baptized. That's great. Let's be baptized in the Holy Spirit. For some, right after salvation, these people, they they got, these Italians, they got baptized in the Holy Spirit right after salvation, and then they were were, um, baptized in water. So what does the Bible say about this speaking in tongues? Romans 8.26 says that sometimes when we don't know what to pray, the Holy Spirit prays. Have you ever been in a situation where you're just speechless? You don't even know how to pray for a situation. As someone who's baptized in the Holy Spirit and speaks in tongues, you know what? That's when I speak in tongues. And I'm like, Holy Spirit, you pray through me because I don't even know the words in English that I need to use. Right? We also see this in 1 Corinthians 14.4. Paul says, those who speak in an unknown tongue, they're strengthened personally. In the Greek, that word strengthened is it's edified, it's built up. Right? There's so many times where I'm like, oh, God, I'm feeling crushed by the weight of the world today. You know what? I, I need strength. And just as I'm driving in my car, I'll have a time I put on worship music and I just pray in the Spirit. And I'm like, Holy Spirit, would you fill me afresh? Would you strengthen me? That's what speaking in tongues does. So I guess the next question I want to ask is, so then why should we be baptized in the Holy Spirit? And we see this example in Acts 1. 
And it's interesting because at this time in Acts 1, Jesus has already died. He's risen from the dead, but he's not ascended to the Father yet. Right, and, and Acts 1 gives us some description about what that time looked like. And also Luke gives us some description about what that, what that time looks like. So before I read the scripture here, Acts 1, I'm going to read you what, what Jesus says in Luke during this time where he's already risen from the dead. And you know, he, he cooked for the disciples. He, he made them fish on the beach and, and whatnot before he ascended to the Father in heaven. So during one of those visits... This is what what Luke tells us uh, that Jesus said to to the disciples. And now I will send the Holy Spirit just as my father promised. But stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven. So Jesus was telling them, hey, stay in the city. Something's going to happen. We know now in Acts 2 that was Pentecost. But we see also, he says this in Acts 1, once they were eating with him and he commanded them, don't leave Jerusalem until the father sends you the gift he promised. As I told you before, John baptized with water, but just a few days you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit and you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you'll be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, to the ends of the earth. So why should we be baptized in the Holy Spirit? It's pretty clear. We receive power when we're baptized, when we're fully immersed in the Holy Spirit, that's when the power of the Holy Spirit comes. We receive the Holy Spirit at salvation, but there's another experience that the Bible is talking about, this immersion in the Spirit where we're filled with his power to do what? To be his witnesses. Have you ever felt like, you know what, I just I can't share my faith. I don't really know what to say, right? When the Holy Spirit comes inside you and you're immersed in, in his power, that's the power, that's the boldness you need to, to go out and be his witness. I remember when I received the baptism in the Holy Spirit, this is the sign of power that came upon me. I was young. I was in fifth grade when that happened to me. And you know what I did? In fifth grade, I got a suitcase. I filled it with all these tracks. And when we had free time at school, I opened up my suitcase underneath this table and I kind of made it like this respite place where I could invite my friends in. And I gave them all these tracks to read and I started to preach the word of God to them. Where did that boldness come from? I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. God gave me a boldness. Why would any fifth grader do this? I don't know, but that's what I had in my heart to do. That's, that's what happens sometimes when we get baptized in the Spirit. There's a power that comes. There's a boldness that comes. Have you ever tried to say, Lord, you know what? This part of my life, I don't like it. I want to change. And then we, we get this distorted view. We've got to change ourselves. So we start trying harder. We start working harder. We start works, 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 works. And you know what? Maybe for a moment we're successful. And then what happens? We fall back, right? We're successful. We fall back. God didn't intend for us to work harder. He wants us to work by the power of the Holy Spirit, right? As we get closer to the Holy Spirit and more intimate and surrender ourselves to what he wants in our life, we find that power just naturally starts to change us. I don't have to try harder. I just need to surrender more. Does that make sense, right? Surrender to the work of the Holy Spirit in my life. So some have asked, is the baptism of the Holy Spirit for today? Right, and, and now I'm talking maybe to people that have already known this term, maybe have believed in a certain way. And you know, what I, what I find in Acts 2 in Pentecost is that the disciples were waiting because Jesus told them to wait until they receive the power from on high. And some would say in, in different religions that they would say, okay, when at Pentecost is when the disciples were saved and the Holy Spirit came on them because you received the Holy Spirit at salvation. 
Yes, we already said, you receive the Holy Spirit at salvation. But here's something interesting. In this same time before Jesus ascended to the Father, but he'd already risen from the dead, in John 20, verse 22, Jesus says this to them. Then he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. So there was a time before Jesus had ascended to the Father, he breathed on all his disciples and he said, receive the Holy Spirit. I I believe what I see in the word of God is the disciples had already come to faith in Jesus. They had received the Holy Spirit. They were saved. And now they enter a time into Pentecost where this amazing thing happens. The Holy Spirit falls on them. And then in boldness now, Peter, the one who denied Jesus three times, this, this infilling, this baptism in the Holy Spirit in power has come upon Peter. And you see such an evidence of boldness in his life because now he's preaching to 2,000 people. Peter, the one that denied Christ before a servant girl, he's now willing to preach in front of 2,000 people. And he says this, Each of you must repent for your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is to you, to your children, to those far away, all who have been called by the Lord our God. Right? So it's pretty clear to me what's going on here, right? What what Jesus is talking about, what Peter's talking about, this is for everyone. This baptism in the Holy Spirit, it's for us. It hasn't stopped. Now, Some in the church might be confused when they see these scriptures in Acts and then you read in 1 Corinthians 12 and 14 because it also talks about speaking in tongues as a gift, right? It talks about a lot of other spiritual gifts there, not all of them, but a lot of spiritual gifts. So why does it say that those spiritual gifts, only some are given to some people and some are given to others, right? Let's let's clear this up for a minute. So if we look at 1 Corinthians 12 and 14 and I tried to put them side by side for you, I think the most important thing to ask is, who are the spiritual gifts for? Right? Why, why do this list of gifts, why, do God, why does God give the body these gifts? And it says a spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. See, it's not just for our benefit. It's really for the body of Christ. And all of these gifts that we see, their purpose is in the public assembly when we gather together in church. This is the time when these gifts come into operation and they're a blessing to others. Yes, they can be done in private, but this is what Paul's talking about because he's trying to bring some clarity and some correction to what was happening. At this time in the Corinthian church, there were those that said, hey, if you have the spirit and you're baptized in the spirit, you're better than someone that doesn't. And and they started to go down a bad path, a divisive path. Even so much so that, that Paul's saying in 1 Corinthians 14, let love be your highest goal. Because, right, they're starting to get divided on some things that God didn't want them to get divided on. But don't we do that, right? We see division today. Instead of let love be our highest goal, like that's how you you counteract division. Let love be your highest goal. But what, what I see here is that, okay, there's a list of things. He gives one, the person to... One, the power to perform miracles. Another, to prophesy. Still another, the person to speak in t- uh, the ability to speak in an unknown, uh, unknown language, which is speaking in tongues. Another, the ability to interpret what's being said. Now, if you were here a couple of Sundays ago, this was the last Sunday we had two services. Second service, right? They're, they're usually different between first and second service, but second service at the end, um, Ed came over to me and said, Greg, I feel like I've got a word from the Lord in tongues. But I don't want to give it unless you feel like you have an interpretation because of this scripture. It tells us that we shouldn't ever speak in tongues publicly in the public assembly unless there's one to interpret. Because otherwise, how are we built up? No one understands what you just said. 
You know, and the amazing thing is, as Ed came over to me, even before he got to me, I felt like the Holy Spirit was already sharing something with me. I didn't know it was an interpretation, but now Ed tells me that, and I'm like, yeah, Ed, the Holy Spirit's already talking to me. So at the end of service, if you were here, you can go back and watch it. Ed gives a message in tongues, and, and God gave me an interpretation. So this is an example of what 1 Corinthians 12 looks like. But now, even though I speak in tongues, and I probably have spoken in tongues every day since fifth grade, right? I don't consider myself to have the gift of speaking in tongues. And you'd be like, well, what do you mean, Greg? Like, you speak in tongues, why not the gift? Well, you know what? The gifts are for the public assembly. God's never asked me to speak in tongues before the body of Christ, right? I've never done that. But I have a prayer language. I'm baptized in the Spirit, and and I see a difference between the two. These gifts mentioned in 1 Corinthians 12 and 14, they're for the body. The baptism in the Holy Spirit, as we just read in Acts, it's for everyone. And, And many, actually every time Paul prayed or people prayed in, in Acts, they received, um, they received the gift of tongues. So how do we receive this power? Well, we receive the Holy Spirit at salvation. We understand that. We release the Holy Spirit in power when we're baptized in the Holy Spirit. This is for everyone, right? And as we pray to receive and release him in power, we see what happened in Acts is that people spoke in tongues. So Sometimes a demonstration is is worth a lot. I meant to bring this all up before church and I forgot, so I'm going to set up my demonstration now. All right, so what do I have here? I got a glass. That's good. That's a good start. And I have a water bottle. Now, as with some demonstrations, it's not 100% like this, this correlates, but but I think it, it might help us understand. So this is just ordinary milk, right? So just for purposes of, of example, I'm going to say this is us before we know Christ, right? And we come to faith in Jesus Christ, we receive the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, right? So that's my chocolate sauce. By the way, special dark chocolate sauce, did you know they made such a thing? Like, I can't wait to put this on my ice cream tonight. Um, now, I have the Holy Spirit, right? The Holy Spirit's inside of me. What has he permeated me? He's inside of me. I, I have him. But now what happens, I believe, as one example I'm, I'm going to give you, when you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, he's in all of you, right? And you know the difference, right? It's turning chocolate, right? If I drank it before, it's just going to taste like milk. But now it's chocolate milk because why? The Holy Spirit has, has immersed me. From the inside out, he comes, right? But this is the experience when Paul and others laid their hands on people and prayed for them to receive the Holy Spirit. They already had the Holy Spirit. But there is a move in power that just, it it permeates who you are as you surrender to the Lord. And now there's a boldness, there's a strengthening, there's a power. Uh, That word in Acts 2, when they said, power will come upon you, the Greek word is dunamis. And we get our word dynamite from dunamis, right? Imagine the dynamite power inside you like, oh my gosh, when I realize this, I'm like, I want it. Whatever that is, I I want that, right? Uh, So so this is what we see what happened when when people um, in in Acts, that they came and, and they received the power. Now, let me just share my own story about being baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I'm gonna share the story of my mom as well because it might help you. So I, I learned about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I, we were attending a Catholic charismatic prayer meeting on Friday nights at the time. And, 
And the woman that had led my parents to the Lord, she was there and I went up to her and I said, hey, would you pray for me to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? And she's like, absolutely I will. So this is at the end of the meeting. She lays hands on me and she prays that Jesus would baptize me in the Holy Spirit. And then she starts to speak in tongues. And you know what? I'm waiting and and believing, okay, something's gonna happen. And you know what? Outwardly, nothing happened. And I went home crushed. Because I didn't, I didn't have a good understanding of what the Word of God had, what, what the Word of God said, but I, I was waiting. If tongues doesn't come, then I'm not baptized. That's not what the Word of God says, right? So, so next time we get together, a couple weeks later, she's there again, and I'm like, would you pray for me to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? She's like, honey, I already prayed for you. You only need to be prayed for once. And I'm like, no, but I didn't receive tongues. She's like, well, I'll pray, and maybe God will give you the, you know, allow you to speak in tongues. So she prayed again. And she started to speak in tongues and I started to try to copy what she was saying. And she's like, no, no, no. God's got a prayer language for you, all of your own. You don't need to copy me. And she started speaking faster and I couldn't copy her anymore. And, and I remember this day, I remember this day so specifically because it was my 11th birthday. And I went home that night and I'm praying in my bed before I roll over. And I'm just saying, Jesus, like, you know my heart that I want to serve you with everything that I am. And God, you know that, all right, I've been baptized in the Spirit because I've asked, but God, I really desire to speak in tongues. But Lord, if I never speak in tongues, that's okay. I just want you to know that I love you. And I roll over and this language just starts to come out of my mouth. It was the most incredible thing that happened to me. Now, this is an experience of my mom. My mom was prayed to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. She saw a change in her life. There was boldness that came. But she didn't have a prayer language for for almost a year. All of her eight kids have been baptized in the Holy Spirit. And she doesn't have a prayer language. And they do. And she's like, God, what about me? Am I chopped liver? Like, what happened? So so then someone was talking to her and said, Marion, like, sometimes when when you're praying to receive a prayer language, like, it just comes so naturally. It's your spirit talking to your mind. And you might hear syllables in your mind. And you just need to speak them out. And then God takes that and makes it a language. He's like, well, you know what? The very first time I got prayed over, I heard a couple syllables, but I thought, I'm waiting for a language. This isn't it. It must be me. And the person's like, no, Marion, go back in your prayer closet. Just be faithful. Pray out those syllables that God gave you. And my mom started to do that faithfully. She just repeated them over and over again. And God made that into a prayer language for her. And she, you know, was just a wonderful woman of God before she passed away. So, when we pray for you today, for some of those I believe you're gonna, you want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, this is how I know that God answers our prayer because this is what we find in, um, and I didn't put the reference down, but I think it's Luke. Um, sorry about the no reference. But it says, Jesus is talking, he says, I tell you, keep on asking and you'll receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you'll find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receive. Everyone who seeks, finds. To everyone who knocks, the door will be open. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask of him? Right? Jesus is our Father when we become a believer. Right? And now once he's our Father, how much more would he give us the Holy Spirit when we ask of him? So if you ask today, Right? If, if my kids ask me for bread, I'm not going to give them a stone. If we ask the Father today, Jesus, would you baptize you in the Holy Spirit? 
We know because we've asked, he's answered our prayer. That's the faith and that's the confidence we have that he hears us when we pray. So today, if you're coming up to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, don't come up to speak in tongues. Come up to be filled with God's power, amen? Come up, if you've never had that strengthening in your inner man, that boldness, and you need that boldness, why? To be his witness. That's why you come forward. There's a benefit that happens when we're baptized, when we're fully immersed in the Holy Spirit. Yeah, a lot of times we see that tongues will come. But don't come up here to speak in another language. If, if that freaks you out, don't, don't worry about it. Still come. We want to pray for you to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. But I'm telling you that there is something amazing when God fills you and also gives you that prayer language. That's how we pray when we don't know how to pray. That's when Paul says, hey, I speak in tongues more than you all because Paul needed to be strengthened more than anyone else. So as I close service today, I've been asking God all week, God, how do I close the service? How do I make an invitation for people to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. I don't know if it's going to be one. I don't know if it's going to be a lot of you. I've, I've got a prayer team assembled of people that, that know how to pray, have already received the baptism in the Holy Spirit themselves, and, and they're here. They've got a prayer lanyard on. But I don't know how many I'm going to be praying for. So could I, could I ask a favor of you? Could you just close your eyes for a minute? If, if as you're listening to me, you're getting a sense that God wants you to come forward today to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, that you should come and be prayed for, would you just raise your hand and let me know? Yeah, thank you. I see a lot of hands going up. Anyone else? You feel like God wants you to come forward and be prayed for for the Holy Spirit? Okay, thanks. You can put your hands down. So I'm going to ask this. If you raised your hand, would you come up front and just line up? And I'm going to pray a prayer to close service. If you've got kids in the nursery and you want in on this prayer, you know what? Feel free to come forward. It's not going to take a long time. They'll wait for you in the nursery. But if you raised your hand, would you come forward and just stand in line here? And I'm going to close service. And, and you know what? I'm also going to talk to those of you that didn't raise your hand. If you're in that in struggle, and I've been there, where I'm like, I want to go forward. I don't want to go forward. When I close the service in prayer, feel free to come forward. We're going to include you as we pray over each one. We're, we're going to pray over each one this morning that wants prayer to receive the Holy Spirit. So Father God, I, I thank you, Lord, that Jesus, you're the one that baptizes us in the Holy Spirit. Father, I thank you for each one here that has said, yes, they want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit in, in, in power. Lord, and I pray for each one of us, God, maybe if this is the first time we've heard of this, Lord, show us, open up our eyes to see what your scripture says. Lord, let us dig into it. But Father, I thank you for a move of your spirit like none other. And I, and I thank you for what you're doing in this church, Lord. So I pray your blessing over each one. Father, fill them, stir them, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Lord, let today and this week be a blessed week, I pray. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. All right, if you could just be gracious and, uh, and take any conversations outside. If you're not up here to be, to be prayed for it, I'd appreciate that. But you're all dismissed. Um, thank you so much for joining us online today. If you want personal prayer, hey, email me, uh, greg at shilohcommunity.church. We'll find a way to pray for you as well. All right, God bless.